Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast, a weekly podcast where we help you with the ups and downs and the ins and outs of your world of work, and hopefully share with you some ideas for action, some tools, and maybe a few techniques so that you can have a little bit more confidence and control of whatever might be going on for you right now. And if you'd like a little bit of support beyond just what you listen to today, don't forget that you can download our Squiggly Careers pod sheets. All the links for those are in the show notes, but they are summaries of some of the Coach Yourself questions some of the ideas for action so you can just you know listen and relax and learn and then you can take action by downloading the pod sheet afterwards so as always we use the podcast to help ourselves and hopefully to help everyone else as well and today we're talking about how to avoid a holiday hangover so you can probably tell that we're recording this in July and we've both got a holiday coming up which is very (laughs) front of mind for both of us and what's interesting I think about holidays is what neither of us are thinking about is the holiday or how excited we are about the fact that we're going on holiday we're both really frantically thinking about what needs to get done beforehand worried about what's going to happen when we're not around and we were like that feels like the exact opposite of the relationship you should have with your holidays where you almost get to the point of thinking is it even worth it you know is it even worth going because of all the I think the stress and the pressure that sometimes can happen in the build up to your holiday and almost the fear of returning you know the fear of the first day opening the inbox someone described that to me recently of like how nervous they were just like re-clicking on their emails after they came back from a holiday so we were like let's press pause and talk about first of all a little bit about why holidays do matter so much in all careers but in squiggly careers in particular and then how we can set ourselves up for success and sort of almost come back reinvigorated and then kind of refined our flow when we're back from holiday whether that means you're off to your dream destination this summer even if you're at home for just three or four days which actually I think sometimes can be harder because there's even more temptation around I think when you're doing a bit more of a staycation just a little bit before we get into the practical just a little bit of personal reflection what are you gonna tell us about your holiday (laughs) well I can can do I'm quite excited about them but I'm pondering the one week versus the two week holiday interesting interesting because and also I'm thinking about my childhood so when I was growing up always a two-week holiday 
And I, yeah. I don't remember. I my did mum one. Always my, one. Oh, did you? Yeah. And we always had two weeks. We always went quite far. We always had two weeks. And I don't ever remember my mum thinking about work. But, you know, showing the age, no phones right there. Mm. <laughs> so it wasn't like once you left work, you left work. And then you couldn't really be contacted. So the two-week holiday was maybe easier. Was that... That makes me a bit stressed now. I think, gosh, two weeks away from work, I'd find that really daunting. We'll maybe talk about that a little bit more. But then one week, by the time that you've set yourself yeah. up to go on holiday and then you've, you know, switched yourself off a little bit and then you've got yourself geared up to come back, like, is it like two days of holiday in the middle? <laughs> is that like the true the true holiday time? How long is that actually? I do remember my dad, when we used to go on holiday, we went to sort of parts of the UK that were usually quite remote. My mum and dad live like a remote beach that takes ages to get to. Um, you quite like a remote holiday. I do. This is a problem. Yeah. Like you're like, oh my god, it's so ironic, isn't it? I do actually now. I like, oh, you're like that's. I used to complain about it, but now I love it. But I do really remember my dad used to have to drive off sometimes in the evening to find phone signal. So he did have a mobile phone, like really early, early mobile phones. And he'd have like some project going on at work. And he'd like go out for a bit and be like, I've just got to go to the top of the mountain to try and get a phone signal. Via a pub. Yeah, I mean, now I think about it and I'm like, also, Skeptical he does now. love a pub, as Helen Helen knows my dad. And he does, yeah, he's super sociable. And I'm like, a bit suspicious. I was like, is that what he was doing? I'm going to find yeah. a phone signal. I mean, you might Even want to ask him about that with like three today. kids going like probably a bit frantic after the days walking to some remote beach. But yeah, they're one week versus two week. I think now I've kind of gone the opposite way. I think the opposite to you, I'd almost rather have the two weeks because I think like you ease into it. And I think probably particularly, I don't know, you just almost like just I'm really enjoying it. Sometimes I do feel like I come back. Whereas when the I was... The childcare factor, I feel like makes a, a two yeah. week holiday on a tropical beach without children. I'm, I'm yes. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I did loads of shorter breaks like when I was younger, in my younger days. But let's talk about why they're good for you before we get into should our breaks be longer or shorter. There is some really interesting research about when we take time off, it improves our capacity to learn. So we should feel really positive about taking a break and sort of pressing pause because they've looked at um, PET scans and MRI scans and that when we kind of relax our brain and we have a sort of almost like our brain is like focused on other things, that's when you make new connections. And it's why, you know, we've talked before about why you have like your best ideas on a walk or in the shower or on a holiday. So even if you're not intentionally trying to figure something out, maybe even you're considering what you might do in your career, or maybe you've got a decision to make. It's sort of like the holiday dream. Yeah. That sort of mentality. But you're not, we certainly aren't suggesting here you go away and think about work, but it's sort of just almost like unconsciously, I think is the way that I've understood it. It's sort of floating around And I was reading this professor Galinsky from Columbia Business School, and he talks about how we almost have more flexibility and adaptiveness and agility in our brains when we kind of just go and do something different and immerse ourselves in different worlds or in different spaces. Or even if you were like staying at home for three or four days, if you were like, right, well, I'm going to I'm going to walk a different way. I'm going to find a new restaurant. I'm going to go and spend time in a different park. I'm going to read a different book that I wouldn't normally read. All of those things are kind of almost that bring that newness into our days. And it's a break of routine because we are sort of creatures of habit. Often those things sometimes feel a bit uncomfortable or there's a bit of uncertainty around travel. Alain de Botton actually wrote a brilliant book called The Art of Travel that talks about almost the stress that does come with traveling and the uncertainty, but how it is good for us in terms of our curiosity and our creativity. So I think it's everyone should feel reassured that you will come back to work even better when you go on holiday and that's why everybody should take all of their holiday days it always makes me really sad when people say you know when you lose your holiday because you don't take it all and 
I have been a bit guilty of that, I have to say, in the past at certain times. And I think, why? What was I doing? I think it's it's such a waste of like almost the giving your brain that alternative break. So even if you're thinking, I'm not sure what to do or where to go, I'm like, just we'll just put all your laptop away and rediscover your local area if that if that's what it takes to have a break. I think a lot of people as well have missed out on holiday experiences, whether that's like, you know, in the UK or beyond the UK because of the pandemic. Mm, So it's sort of of like make the most of it now. And lots of the stats show that like this year is going to be a really significant year for travel if it doesn't get disrupted at airports. We'll we'll, we'll leave leave that one there for now. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, like make the most of these experiences that also people might have missed out on over the last couple of years as well. So we asked our Instagram community with what basically creates this feeling of a holiday hangover, almost like the pre-holiday problems that people might feel. And it sort of takes away from the joy of the impending holiday, but also sort of like the back from a break blues. You know, that night before you come back where you're just like, oh no, it all feels feels awful. And so we asked people to get a bit specific and give us a bit more insight into this. And some of the most common insights that came from the community were the pre-holiday problems were feeling like you've got too much much to do too little time so that's quite yeah that one oh, tick yeah, yeah that one are you gonna do every one of <laughs> yeah, these I am. great I am. yeah the i'm the only answer angst so what are people gonna do sarah's shaking her head i feel that one more <laughs> like how is this gonna get done if i don't do it that kind of feeling which sometimes is a truism and also being a bit of a martyr maybe and then the last one is pressure from other people to complete something before you leave so people piling on like they're oh before you go could you oh and could you and could you put that on the list and you're like well i can't even do the other first that I knew I needed to do now because I've got so much of your list so the other aspect of it was the back from the break blues and what's going on there and people were saying that first day back can feel so hard because emails really overwhelming that was the number one thing that came back actually like the inbox of doom and feeling like that was just something that was just people were dreading where do I start how do I work my way through it all that kind of stuff a worry about what might have happened so this like oh I don't know what I don't know and almost being left out of the loop is that or is that different well I think that was separate so some people feeling like almost like a bit of FOMO like what have I missed out on that's gone on but the other one was almost like almost like more of a I got a sense of like a dread okay I don't know what I don't know so it's not I wish I'd been there to be part of it it's like I don't know what's gone on and Mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm going to worry about that what am I going to uncover otherwise yeah 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 yeah. what's the worst thing that could have happened whilst I've been away that stuff but all of this you know rather than this moment of like oh my amazing holiday that's going to be so fun with my family and friends it's like the pre-holiday problems in the back from work blues it's almost like they sort of create this sort of not so great psychological sandwich either side of this break that people want to go on so we thought before we get into very practical pre-holiday prep, and I never thought we'd end up talking about holidays on this podcast, but hey, who knew? Um, this is what happens after 290 episodes or whatever. And then what to do after holidays. A few coach yourself questions that we think just help you zoom out because we are going to zoom in and get quite practical pretty quickly. So first question to ask yourself, how do I want to feel after my holiday? I think just reminding ourselves of those I think it gives you the connection with the why, like why am I going on holiday? And those feelings will be slightly different depending on where you are and how your year has been so far. So Helen, we we are simultaneously going on holiday, not with each other, I'd just like to add, but in a very badly planned way the same week, which um, our team have very kindly not really commented on, but that is happening, which is mainly my fault. So we're going to skim past it. But how do you want to feel? So when you're thinking about your holiday in a couple of weeks, how do you want to feel when you come back? energized and excited oh interesting you see i would say calm collected (laughs) and refreshed 
hilarious. You're like, I'm ready to slowly ease my way back in, and I'm like, let me at it. I like, don't oh, want I want to feel I'm like all about the it. easing, all about the easing. Uh, yeah, okay. So that was the first question. What's the biggest worry I need to let go of? So what do what do you reckon your biggest worry is? What you're worrying about in terms of the holiday? Being able to disconnect fully when I want to. Okay. You know what, yeah. Yeah. Like, I know exactly. What you mean. I sort of, you know what I mean. Like I feel like in those moments when I don't want to think about work, and we'll talk a little bit about when those moments are when I'm on holiday because you know there are some differences for different people. But when I don't want to think about work, I want that to be an active choice that I can make. Yeah. Interesting. My worry is quite different. I think I am worried. I'm all sort of preempting not being very good. I'm sort of preempting thinking I'm worried that I won't get something done that I think is important to do before our holiday, our collective holiday, when we're both gone holiday. And then as a result, we'll miss a moment or we will we won't get something important achieved because we like almost like you just haven't got the time because we're so busy and everyone's always really busy it's so funny isn't it you know hearing someone else's worries because I think it's really easy to dismiss someone else's worry it it feels quite big and significant to you because but I kind of go oh what's in a week like when you're hearing you I go oh what's what's in a week we'll just we'll just get it the week after so you're basically saying you're dismissing my worry there is that what you're saying (laughs) well no I think that's why yeah that's my point isn't it it's really easy to do but these worries feel very real significant yeah very real to you but I do wonder if sharing your worries can help somebody else support you with it yeah because you said about your distractions and I was like we'll talk about that one a bit more but I get why that would be harder for you certainly than it would be for me and then you just said the one that I worried about you're like oh that's that would be kind of top of my list so perhaps you can help each other by just sharing those things and perhaps talking to your manager that would be a good thing to talk to your manager about if you have that kind of relationship third coach self question what could I experiment with to increase my holiday health so if you were thinking about like the quality of that holiday, the holiday experience, even if you were like doing a scale like zero to 10, I'm going to give you lots of ideas for what that experiment could be. And you can sort of pick and choose the ones that might work for you. I did this on my last holiday. I did think, okay, what's one or two things I'm going to experiment with? And let's say my previous holiday might have been a seven or an eight out of 10 in terms of what I was hoping my holiday was going to give me in terms of calming and collectiveness what would I do differently and I did do one very specific thing very differently on my last holiday and it was a really good thing to do it was hard for a day and then it was really good so we'll talk about it but I think just have that in mind as we go through these ideas for action always like pick a mix choose the ones that you think there might be some you already do really well but what's the one or two things you think oh I'm going to be brave and just try and do something a bit different for this holiday so I can really make the most of it So we've got five ideas for action now to support you with your pre-holiday prep. And we'll talk through each of them in turn. And then we've got a little checklist that summarises it all for you that you can maybe, I don't know, we'll make sure it's part of the pod sheet and you maybe tick it off before you you go away. Anyway, the first practical pre-holiday prep action is to pre-plan the first day back. (laughs) Do you know, Sarah, I I was like, this is really good. I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to check August. And then I looked at August. I was like, oh, no, it's already committed. I've left it too late. So also don't leave it too late because I realise I've left my August Thursday back a bit too late. But the point I think that Sarah and I have realised is that it's 
leaving that first aid back as clear as possible helps you to feel like you're back in control but you need to do that in advance so even like I always think about what Graham Olcott told us when he came on to talk about productivity ninja tricks and he was like put fake meetings in the diary like if you need to put a fake meeting mm-hmm. in a diary like I think he said like working on project magenta or something like that so that people don't override that time and you can keep it clear it will help you so much because when you have to come back on day one into quite quite a lot of detail of the day-to-day, like you've got a nine o'clock meeting that you think you have to prepare for or whatever it is, all it does is bring the work further forward for you. Like you have to do it on the night before you really want to. So look at your first day back now, try and keep it as clear as possible. Maybe put in some blocked out time or fake meetings if you need to, if that's how the best to manage a diary. And maybe like let other people know what you're doing so they don't override it whilst you're away. So number two, build your... I'm on a break boundary. So what Helen and I were talking about before this podcast actually is we want this to feel personal to you and kind of what works for you. So we were chatting a bit about the difference between turning it off versus dialing it down. So I think my assumption is like, well, surely everyone should just turn off. And I think talking to Helen, it was really interesting that for her, that feels stressful and kind of stress inducing. And so for her, it's more about dialing it down. And so I think you sort of need to know like where you are in terms of those boundaries. So the turning it off is more sort of my approach of going, well, I think pretty much kind of getting rid of everything and anything work-wise is a really good thing for me. Because as soon as something starts to creep in, maybe because I'm a thinker, we've talked before about thinker and do on the podcast, as soon as a little seed gets planted, I find it very, very hard to then not sort of start to make connections or start to think about things. And I can kind of spiral quite quickly. And then suddenly I'm not. I'm distracted or I'm not concentrating or I'm not spending time with the people I'm on holiday with. And I think versus Helen, who was sort of describing a bit more of like, if you sort of went from hero to zero overnight on your holiday, how hard you'd find that? Yeah, and I think for me, I would rather say to people... and. It's also knowing what I'm coming back to. So, you know, the whole, you know, I also feel what a lot of people said about their email overwhelm. I hate feeling like I have to spend hours going through my inbox. And so I would rather do half an hour a day max where I will scan through what's come in. Don't necessarily need to respond to it, but I'll probably file it away. That's more what I'm doing. I'm like file it away for day one, like delete, move, just try to stay on top of it a little bit so it's not so daunting when I come back to. But what I do do is I let the team know that from, say, 8 to 8.30 every morning, I'll be online. I'm just sort of sorting through my emails and seeing what's urgent, and then I'll delegate wherever I can. But if you do need me, that's when I'll be available. And then beyond that, I feel like, okay, well, nothing's going to go too far wrong. If anything's urgent, they know when I'm going to be online. And that gives me just a bit back of control so that, you know, it's not so daunting when I come back. But that's what I wouldn't want to do is expect or impose that on other people. I think this is all this is all about what helps you to relax when you're away. And for me, the unknown issues, escalations and overflowing inboxes would cause me more stress than just being able to have a quick scan through. Even if it takes five minutes and go, okay, nothing important today, I'll check it again tomorrow. Like and that's yeah. better for me. But other people, I think they just don't they don't want any connection to their work when they're on holiday which is also fine yeah and I did my experiment on my last holiday was it is the first time since we've both been in an amazing if full time that I took my emails off my phone so I didn't take my laptop which also felt like quite a big deal actually not even taking my laptop so I was like the option wasn't even there to like open the laptop and that sort of is a bit of an access point isn't it to like doing some work so it was like don't take the laptop 
taking my emails off my phone completely, as in I just sort of deleted the app, the Outlook app that I usually use, that felt very, very hard on day one. That felt like I had completely turned off on a holiday for the first time in like two years. And it did mean that day one, I had to ask Helen if everything was okay. As in like, I had to WhatsApp her. And I was just, I think just that first day, I was like, this is weird. And I was like, is everything okay? Like, do you need me for anything? After the first day, Helen was like, yeah, it's all fine. And it was so interesting that very, very quickly, by day two, I wasn't even thinking about it. But it, mm. it's also when you are experimenting with maybe a new behavior, don't expect it to feel easy automatically because I think I'm quite good at turning off. But equally, I still found day one really hard. But I did find it fascinating how like quite quickly, you're just like, oh yeah, it's all fine. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I do probably adjust and adapt. But I think it's knowing what works for you and letting other people know, but not expecting mm. the same of them. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So the third idea for action here on your pre-holiday prep is to decide on your digital distractions. Um, So what notifications are going to bring your brain back to work? And these are lots of the things that Sarah talked about. Like, do you need to turn off Outlook or just the notifications or delete the app? Is it Microsoft Teams? Is it LinkedIn? Like, Turn it off or delete it for a week, especially if you know that when you see that thing, it's going to be a signal for your brain to sort of mentally get involved. And again, looks different for everybody. I would start to think now as part of your pre-holiday prep, what are the notifications, alerts and apps that you spend the most time in? Maybe even I have the iPhone and it gives you like that screen time thing. So maybe have a look at which one of those screen time things are the most work related. Because if you could just turn one of those off, think about all that time that you might get back. Ooh, you could set you yourself your holiday. a goal. You could set yourself a goal for screen time. Yeah. If you were that way inclined. Um, so number four is about owning your out of office. And I think just be careful in terms of with your out of office about... A, making you a bottleneck for when you come back 
But also, no one likes being bounced around. I found that incredibly frustrating. It might, might just be me, but you know that thing of like, you're getting out of office and then like you email that person like, oh, well, I'm out of office as well. And you're like, oh, okay, well, that's not a great experience for the person you know, you're working with or your client or your supplier. I think people are good at this. I see some people who are sort of have taken it from good to great. And the good to great ones I really like are the ones where say there are common queries that you get in your job. Perhaps it is requests for certain assets or maybe it's certain questions that just come your way, almost like the frequently asked questions that come into your inbox. Who are the people who are going to be able to most quickly and efficiently help with those things? And that's not always the same person. So I think at the moment, actually, we don't do this in Amazing If, but I think we could. So we sort of go, oh, who's the person? You know, like who's the alternate, essentially? So imagine Helen and I have been smarter and weren't going away at the same time. It well, Obviously, we alternate for each other. Or sometimes Sarah in our team might be the good alternate. Cause it's like, well, Sarah sort of, she's the fountain of all wisdom, so she'll point you in the right direction. Whereas actually, you could help someone do a bit better job of self-serving and solving. So, okay, well, if you've got a marketing question, go to this person. If you've got a client question, go to this person. And, you know, you can even then sort of, I see people sort of have a bit of fun with it. So we, you know, we could even say in our out of office, which we don't, you know, if you're looking for some free career development, go to our toolkit on amazingif.com with loads yeah. of free stuff. Why, why yeah. don't we should we should do that? Why well, don't like, we do that? If you want to apply on the podcast, we get lots of people, and we'll go back to them all individually. But you could lots of people have like a form. We do it because I think like we like it to be personal, don't we? But I, I was thinking, yeah, like it's the equivalent of like instead of FAQs, like a SAQ. Like Sarah asks questions. Like what yeah. what are the questions that Sarah gets asked most frequently, and how could you kind of you know help someone to self solve with some of those things at least during the week that you're away? Yeah. The other thing I think if you're going to own your out of office is maybe don't leave it to chance with who's going to get in touch with you. Could you think about who are the 10 people who email me mm, most frequently and have I got in touch with them beforehand to let them know rather than them just being like, oh, I didn't know you were going away. I mean, you'd sort of hope that you would, but maybe if you don't think like that, then you could miss one of those yeah. people out. Maybe just to make it as practical as possible is sort of like, what are your high priority projects and who are your high frequency contacts? And then if you just if you just create a list of like three or four of those on each side, then that'll probably give you the people who you might want to like send a proactive email to. So the last number five on the pre-holiday prep is who can be your heads up helper? I find this takes a lot of the worry away from me when I'm going on holiday of thinking, oh gosh, what am I coming back to? So this person can leave you a voice note. It doesn't have to be an email if you don't want to get in your inbox, but think about a way they can communicate with you that's relatively quick for both of you, them to share, you to listen to or to read. And they can basically give you a bit of a summary of what's gone on while you've been away so that you can just get a quick kind of scan or a quick, you know, you can just listen to it and be like oh, okay nothing basically it's all fine stop worrying or oh heads up there's a new person that's joined the team and you know x y and z but it sets your mind at ease because you know that they're on the case for you and then they can either help you to be prepared for whatever might be happening the week that you come back or they can help you to take that worry away and I think it's just think about who could be my heads up helper we do this a lot for each other and I find it really really useful because I don't I just that helps me just to turn off a bit of my brain because I sort of outsourced it to someone else so a five point checklist to prepare for your holiday uh, number one is as much as possible moved in your diary for day one when you're back number two have you communicated if when and how you'll be checking in Number three, have you turned off notifications that you don't need? Number four, have you set up your out of office for success? And number five, have you got your heads up helper in place? 
so now we're going to move on to your post-holiday. Hope you had a nice time. <laughs> now we're going to talk about how you can refine your flow. Maybe people are pressing pause now and they're like, I'm going to listen to the other bit on the day when I come back. Okay, so we've got three ideas for action now to help you to refine your flow when you're coming back. So the first one is all about quick wins on your first day back. So we want that first day to feel really, really positive and that you are happy. happy you don't want to, to lose. You know, sometimes you feel good for about an hour. I've had that before where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. first hour, I'm like, this is the start of the new me because you've come up with all these things on holiday. You've got yourself a nice coffee. You're like, right, here I go. This is going to be the whole new way of working and I'm going to do a walk over. You know, all those things where you're like, I'm going to do all this stuff. And it's like last for, I wonder how long it lasts for. Maybe work. <laughs> think about that the last time you went away and like how long did the feelings that we talked about in the coach have questions, how long did they last for? Because I have definitely had experiences where it was like literally an hour and then you're like, okay, back in it again then. <laughs> there's like a scale of the dream day versus the disaster day yeah. and where, where do you sit on the scale you, you can decide that for yourselves everybody but here are some things to help uh, so the first thing let's tackle that inbox for a moment Halve your emails maybe even more than that with one quick and easy action file anything that you are cc'd on i mean i could go as far as to say move everything to a like different folder and see who chases you but I know that that's not comfortable for a lot of people so go with the Harvard approach which is basically anything that you're cc'd on just move it to a different folder just clear it out so the only thing that you have to navigate your way through is something that you've specifically put on to to it will immediately reduce the overwhelm most people won't get in touch with you and if they do you can say oh I'm so sorry I missed that you don't really need to apologize beyond that to be honest you can just say I was on holiday I'm so sorry I missed it and then you'll catch up but don't feel like your whole day has to be dominated by your inbox that would be my first quick win and having never done that is that do you how, how do you do it um you, do you just you have to go just, through each of them well, and then move it or can you is there like a smart hack that I should know well about? I have set up a rule before of course uh, you have <laughs> set up a rule because we use outlook and you can do you can set up rules and you could do this this could be oh, actually yeah, part of your free holiday stuff where yeah. anything that you are cc'd on you could create a folder holiday cc and, and then it just automatically puts and it, it in, automatically it? files oh, it in right. so you don't even have to see it and honestly i don't even go into that folder sometimes i'm just like well if they if, if well, people they need to look at it. if you're gonna email helen don't cc her because crikey you get moved <laughs> <laughs> why do you think i don't reply to any of your emails i'm joking yeah. i'm joking <laughs> you don't sometimes <laughs> oh well you talk to me <laughs> some of the other things that we think are good for your first day is you know the sort of the often your first day i think sets the tone of you know like how are you going to keep going and we sort of we, like we said we don't want to lose that momentum quickly and I think it is really good to have a something you can get done on your first day back that's just going to make you feel good it's sort of like a, a feel good action which feels motivating it's something you will look forward to maybe that's a good way of framing what we kind of the sort of activity we're looking for here so for us we were saying we would always look forward to recording a podcast because I always feel better after a podcast than I did before one so you sort of go oh well that's a, a feel to have a feel good day if it has a podcast in it it sort of it helps with that so what is your equivalent of something you can do that's just you just know is like something that matters to you it could be a small thing it could be a big thing but you carve out time to like make that happen 
And our third quick win is to make time for lunch with someone or a curious coffee conversation. It could be a walk and talk. It could be an in-person chat. But the point here is that belonging at work, feeling that sense of connection is a big part of what makes us happy. And if you can bring that back pretty quickly, that will hopefully be a big benefit in your day. And, you know, it's it's, it's nice to kind of get away from the detail straight away and sort of into some discussions with other people. I also wonder... And this is this is a hypothesis, but I wonder whether when people are working in a more hybrid way, and I know it's not possible for everyone, but if you are, lots of people I'm imagining are going to choose to have their first day back from holiday at home. Yeah. If if you can, if you're in control of it, I certainly always would, because you sort of yeah. go a day to sort of reset and like you say, ease, ease your way back in. But the disadvantage of that is that perhaps you don't see people or have those like, you know, those like more kind of informal conversations. So perhaps this becomes particularly important if your first day is at home because that works for you like I I would always do that like who is the person you're just going to have like the coffee zoom with or just like the oh you know you take your lunch break or you go for like I had a walk and talk with someone today that was like a really that was like a really good moment of my day and it you know like a curious career conversation so just thinking about that reconnection with those people that you work with it might be your work best friend you know we talked before in a podcast about how important your work best friends are could just be someone who you've been meaning to catch up with for ages you know it's like one of those nice conversations that you're just like oh it reminds you that you get a lot you do get a lot of relationships and connection from the people that you work with and I would look forward to that as well I'd yeah be like, I would oh that'd be nice time be nice today to catch up with that person and yeah, you need someone to tell about your holiday, right? Imagine coming out from, imagine coming out from holiday and having no one. If you were like sitting no by cared. yourself, you'd be like, but I need to tell you about the five crabs that I caught on a beach in Dorset. Everyone cares about that, right? Well, the restaurant that I went to, where I could yeah. just tell you about all the yummy things I ate. That'd be <laughs> my conversation <laughs> tells you a lot about our holidays, I think. <laughs> so the second thing about refinding your flow is this idea of three by three, and this is what are your top three goals for the next three months. So it's just a slight moment to zoom out a little bit from like what you're doing today, your first day back from holiday. Just look ahead, but not too far. Like I think three months feels quite motivating for most of us. Or perhaps you might just go before the end of the year, depending on when you're listening to this and when it feels useful. But a shortish time frame where you're sort of thinking a bit of visualization. What are those things that I want to be true in three months time? What do I want to feel proud of? I actually asked someone today um, on our walk and talk, what do you want your pride postcard to say in December this year? And we had that conversation in July. We're both about to go on holiday. So you sort of go, you know, there'll be a September reset moment. And it was just helpful, I think, for her to start to think about, oh, yeah, what are my goals post-holiday? And I can imagine if she comes back to that window, she come, it just gives you that sense of focus. It's almost... Not only refining your flow, it's re- I think this really helps you to refine focus and do that prioritizing so that you don't get, you know, too overwhelmed. I think day one, the really big risk of day one is overwhelm. And then you lose focus and you lose sense of everything feels important. And then you can go in, you just get busy being busy. And it's just pressing pause for long enough to stop that happening. And I feel like one of the benefits that holidays gives you as well as it just puts you back into perspective what's Mm. important what I want to you don't want to lose that too quickly and I think it's very easy to lose it when there's so much to get done and there's so many people to do things for and all that kind of stuff so I think just the three by three helps you to put your priorities in focus put your priorities first 
And the third one is to reconnect relationships. Who are the people you need to prioritize? So if we talked about sort of sort of projects and deliverables, now let's think about people. And there are a couple of people to consider here. You don't need to do all this on day one, but it is thinking of having this in mind and thinking about what conversations might you need to create. So the first relationship you might want to reconnect with is a supporter. So who gives you support? Schedule time to talk to them about those goals, those three top goals, and also any gremlins you've got. Your supporters are amazing for like, this is something I really want to go after. This is a gremlin that I fear might get in my way. And those people can often help you to overcome some of those gremlins. But it is quite a high trust conversation. So thinking about who is that trusted source of support, really important. Second relationship you might want to reconnect with is a sponsor. So this is someone that can open a door for your development. And the best way to find sponsors are spot any problems or priorities that they might be working on at the moment and then reach out with how you can help them. And you can help them by volunteering maybe your experience because you've done something in that area before, your expertise. So maybe you've got subject matter expertise in a certain area that could be helpful to them could be just your energy. You're like, this is an area I'm really passionate about. I'd love to get involved and help. Or maybe some ideas. Like, I've seen that you're working on this. It's an area that I've thought a little bit about. I've got some ideas I'd love to help. Like, any of those areas are ways that you could find a way to proactively connect with a sponsor. And the way that sponsorship works is it's sort of a reciprocal relationship, but it often starts with how you can help someone, not how they can help you. And we have done an episode on sponsorship with Sylvia and Hewlett that might be interesting if that does feel like a new topic for you and your career development. And the last one is a relationship where you're helping someone else to succeed. Who could you help? The best way often of helping is when it can be a bit of a win-win. So when you've got a strength that you want to stand out and they've got something that they might be working on, when you are proactive and generous in thinking about how you can use your strength to help them succeed, it's great for them because it can help them go further and faster, but it's good for you because it means that you're using your strength in a different situation and that also helps it to stand out more as well. So supporter, sponsor and someone you can help succeed, good relationships to reconnect with. And actually a lovely quote from Do Lectures that they um, do lectures is kind of a few days of lots of curious conversations, lots of hearing from really inspirational people. Um, It's all held in Wales um, in the UK in a very kind of remote part of Wales, back to remote holidays again. I'm obviously attracted to these places that are very hard to get to. It's sort of in a converted farm and on the side of one of the farm buildings, they had a brilliant quote and it said, give us get lucky. And I think that's kind of that final point is like if you have that giving mindset that we've talked about before, that they will help you find your flow, your focus, find new opportunities. So we're almost kind of coming back from holiday and just thinking, well, what would it take to give a little bit more? Who could I help? How could I give in a way that feels motivating for you? But I guarantee you that career karma is a thing. We're yet to scientifically prove it, but I really (laughs) do feel like it is a thing. I love that question. What would it take to give a bit more? It's nice. Mm. A nice way to end. And just before we end today's episode, we were interrupted um, by my five-year-old little boy, Max, uh, about three quarters of the way through the podcast. Hopefully you won't spot the difference because we have an incredible editor that makes us sound brilliant. But a little excerpt from Max here telling us a bit about his holidays. Hey, Max, can you hear me? Say hello. Yeah. What's your favourite thing to do on holiday, Max? Going to the swimming pool. <gasps> do you love going in the swimming pool? Yeah. Do you jump in off the side? Yeah, and not when I jump off the side, I splash in and all of the water falls out. Uh, all the water in the pool? Yeah. 
Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. Then they have to put it all back up again. Yeah. Do you do that bigger splash that they have to refill it with all the water? Yeah. Oh my goodness, you have to do some little splashes. I can't. <laughs> you can only do big ones. Wait, can I go back on this? Go as fast as a cheetah. I'll go as fast as a cheetah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for listening today. We hope you have a happy holiday. Yeah, happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. <laughs> also, this is a really, really cheeky ask, but I personally absolutely love it when people take pictures oh, of Squiggly too. and you coach you on holiday. Yeah. So if you do have a book, I mean, don't buy it, especially everybody, but if you do have it, or maybe it's like on your reading list for when you're away, please, whether you are on a boat, an aeroplane, a beach or something else, <laughs> wherever you are, please take a picture of our book with you because we love to to see the book on holiday and yeah and hopefully it might be able to help you on holiday it's hopefully a sort of different a different place to put your mind and not in your day-to-day work more in your in your career development but yeah we'd love to see it and you can just send those to us we're helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com or just post it to us on instagram yeah it makes us really happy to see those moments so thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you again next week bye for now bye everyone Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.